0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am here today with fellow book blogger, her bookish obsession. She is a high school student who started her blog uh, sometime last year and she has had such a great time with it. We had a fantastic time talking about books and blogging and Uh, she's from a country in South America. So we got to talk about food from her country, uh, which I thought was fantastic. So grab a glass of wine, grab a cup of tea, whatever's your jam and enjoy. Thanks guys. This episode is sponsored by Kay Thomas, author of time to wake. It is a book on Amazon. You can get a hardcover, a Kindle copy, or a paperback on Amazon. I will have the link in the show notes. Um, this is the blurb on Amazon. Sinless is your typical artist, empath, hater of mornings, and the bearer of a strange name passed down from her grandmother with a penchant for caffeine and a pet ghost. She's just trying to live her best life. Did she mention she also happens to devour souls? No. Well, it's a bit of a conversation killer. No pun intended. When new neighbors move in across the street, Senless strikes up an unexpected friendship with the equally quirky Katie. The two get mixed up in a party circuit that leaves a string of missing girls and a trail back to Sinless' less-than-human origins. At the center of it all is Hunter, a guy not smart enough to keep his distance. He's arrogant, frustrating, and terribly distracting. Just please don't tell anyone she admitted that last part. Is Hunter involved in the mysterious murders? or is he just in the wrong place at the right time? As she tries to figure out Hunter's moves, Sinless winds up learning what it means to be a Nephilim and how her past is playing a role in the murders. Time to Wake is a new adult paranormal romance novel brimming with paranormal suspense and quirky laughs. Just based on that description and that blurb, I think I need to buy the book. Um, I will include a link where you can purchase and support the author just as the author has supported this podcast. Thank you so much, Chris, for supporting this episode. Okay. Hey, everybody. I'm here with her bookish obsession. I believe her first name is Hadia. Please let me know if I pronounced that right or wrong. I got it. It's Hadia? Yes. Hadia. Okay. That is Hadia, um, it's a beautiful name, and she is an author, I believe, as well as a book blogger, and so we are going to get to talking about books and blogging and all that kind of fun stuff today. So grab a cup of tea, grab a glass of wine, whatever your whatever your jam is, and we'll get started. Hello, Hadia. Hi there. Um, okay, so... I follow your blog, and Thank you. you're welcome, <laughs> and I've actually followed it for quite a while, and I see your your um, blog posts pop up in my email every once in a while. I don't get a chance to read them very often, um, but I do see them pop up, um, and so when I found out that you were my guest for today, <clears throat> um, I got really excited about having another book blogger, um, on the podcast because I actually haven't had one since, um, Esther and I did my very first podcast episode. Um, I mean, I've had like authors that also blog, but I haven't had, um, people that are like, that seem to be bloggers first, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I'm Um, actually not author. Lots of people get mistaken and think I'm an author. I, the only writing I do is fictions oh, but okay. not any well, published
0: works. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, you're an author. <laughs> you still write stories. I can't even do that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I do not have the imagination to be an author. It's just not, um, I have like enough imagination to really enjoy somebody else's stories, yeah. which I think is why I'm a book reviewer but ask me to come up with my own and I'm liable to copy somebody else's work inadvertently. Don't want to do that. So we just, you know, we leave Pam to her book reviewing and and blogging and, you know, please don't ask her to write a book. So what, what got you started book blogging? Well,
1: Interesting question, because I didn't plan to be a book blogger. So I started this whole journey last year, October, the day after my mom's birthday, because we were in quarantine for so long. We had nothing to do. It was just TV, um, reading. I was reading so much since quarantine started because the library is open, and I had so much extra free time because we didn't have school. So my mom is like, you're reading so much, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you let other people, because I'm on calls with my friend Yasmin almost every day telling her about the books I've read and telling her it's so good, you have to read this, telling her like in-depth reviews of the book. So my mom is like, you do this with her, why don't you do it on the internet? So I created a Goodreads account, it out there, did lots and lots of research, and my blog only really took off in... Around December, I believe, I got my first bit of book mail from an author who I'm really good friends with, and
0: started reviewing there. That is, I'm I'm pretty sure that is the, the goal, um, one of the goals of being a book blogger, is getting to build relationships with authors. Yes, um, definitely. You know, I had my blog for probably about a year and a half Uh before I even joined Twitter and found the book community on Twitter. And because I was, you know, reviewing backlist books, I was reviewing library books and it's, I mean, if you go back, I, I can't even, I can't even go back and look at my old blog posts because I'm like, those are really terrible. They're just really, really terrible. And, um, but when I got my first request from an author to review their book, I felt like I had arrived.
1: Yes, like you've gotten to that point. You're famous now.
0: You're up there. Yeah. You, know, you know, that's really kind of how it feels is, you know, I know that only, you know, 20 people on Twitter know who I am right now, but... Those twenty people think I'm pretty awesome, you know. It's just it's a really good feeling to to feel like you you you've,
1: hard work and you're finally noticed for it.
0: Yeah, and you know, and you found your people. Yes, you definitely. know that's you know I just you I you know I felt like I had finally found where I was supposed to be, and um. It, it just, I don't know. It's really hard to explain how happy I was and how thrilled I was to finally be part of what I have affectionately dubbed the in crowd. (laughs) You know, I, I'm pretty sure that probably a lot of us, um, Weren't the popular kids in high school because we probably definitely not. we probably had our noses stuck in a book.
1: <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, definitely.
0: <laughs> and you know, one of my favorite things in high school was you know to go hang out in the library, and I was good friends with our school librarian. Go figure. And you know, so to finally feel like I was part of the in crowd, quote unquote. Um, and- It just really made me feel like myself, you know, like I didn't have to hide who I was. I didn't have to dumb down who I was. I could just be my completely eclectic, dorky self and these people were going to love me for it. And yeah, um,
1: especially it's good when like, I'm still a high school student. I'm in grade. I'm in ninth grade.
0: Oh, cool. That was my, one of my favorite grades in high school, actually.
1: (laughs) So in seventh grade, I met my best friend because we just moved to Canada and I was in the library. She was in the library. She picked up One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus and handed it to me. She's like, this is a great book. Please read it. And I was like, "Okay." I read it. The next day I came back, I was like, this is so good. Give me more. From then on, we were best friends. I got her to read The Hunger Games. She got me to read so many more other series. And now we talk every day. Even though we're so far apart.
0: Where did you move to Canada from?
1: Um, Guyana in South America.
0: I okay. lived there all my life. Nice. Um, that's actually one country I don't know a whole lot about. Um, actually It's right
1: above Brazil. So I don't know if that gives you
0: Actually I should probably qualify that and say I'm really terrible at geography <laughs> so I'm sorry that I don't know anything about your country. Oh, that's that's um, great. But one of my favorite things, not only as a um, not only as a reader, but a I'm a huge foodie. So one of my favorite things when I meet somebody from a country that I know almost nothing about, I get to ask about the food. Yes, and that really makes that me so, much. so happy because you know I I'm, I swear I should have been an anthropologist in another life. It just, um, because you know two two of my very favorite things when I meet somebody from a country or a culture or you know anything like that outside of my own. I get really, really excited and I get really happy and always one of the first things I ask is, okay, what kind of food do you have there and can you find me a recipe? (laughs) So we are definitely going to get to food. We're going to talk about Gianan. I don't know if that's correct, but we're going to get to um, talk about food from Giana because that sounds awesome so okay what you probably still do you read a lot of adult books or do you mainly stick with the, the young I adult mainly
1: books? stick with YA because like the erotic fiction kind of makes me uncomfortable because I'm, I'm only 15 and right. it just it's not that for me it's um mostly the fantasy the murder mysteries are everything um a found family, lost sister. I have to go find her somewhere. Some cutesy contemporary. That's what I mostly stick with.
0: Okay. Um, I do actually have a young adult author that you might like. She, um, I am from Oklahoma and I heard about these two women. It's a mother and daughter team, uh, PC and Kristen cast. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, But they have written tons of books Um, in just the few years that I have known about their existence. Mm-hmm. um, And they, like, they've written books together. They've written books separately. They've just, they've put out, like, a whole ton of books. And the first series that they ever put out, their debut series, is called the House of Night series. Okay. And it was set here in my hometown. And so when I heard about books that were set here, cause this is kind of a boring city. <laughs> we, we don't get a whole lot of the excitement. Um, but when I found out that she set books here, I got really, really excited. Had to check them out. And basically one of the private schools here in my city was turned into a vampire high school. That is very cool. And it's, and the way that they set up the mythology around vampirism is really unique. And I, and I really, really enjoy it. Um, so you might actually like those. There's 12 books in that first series. And then they've written a couple other series, I think, based around those characters as they're adults. Um, and, again, it's called The House of Night by Peace and Yeah, I have a follow-up in tab. As
1: soon as you said it, I Googled it.
0: <laughs> and um, so, yeah, with you loving YA um, and being young, there's not – I mean, there's bad language in the book, but it's very geared toward high school students. Uh, yeah. So, I mean,
1: like in YA nowadays, if it's based in the real world and not fantasy, you're gonna get some bad language.
0: You're. It's yeah. expected. Yeah. You're. <laughs> yeah. Um, the main character or one of the main characters, she doesn't like to cuss, and she kind of makes a big deal about the fact that she doesn't like to cuss, but all of like all of her friends around her kind of give her crap for it a lot. <laughs> So that's, that, that's, that part's kind of funny, but, um, I do think that you would really enjoy that. Okay. I'll check it out. Okay. Um, so next question, okay. what, what is your favorite series that for anybody adult or otherwise, um, what is a series that you think they would enjoy?
1: well i've been fangirling over this series for the past two years and i read it as it was coming out it's called the school for good and evil series by Soman chanini i think you've heard, um, you you might have heard of him he's on i follow him on twitter and the movie for the books comes out next year i think but anybody i see i tell them go read the school for good and evil it's just that good the school
0: for good and evil okay i'm gonna have to look this up because
1: uh, yeah, it's a six book series Okay. The last one is pretty thick, but we got through it in uh, less
0: than two days. Oh, nice! So, what, um, what is it about, and what is your favorite part about it?
1: Um, my, okay. it's about two girls, um, Sophie and Agatha. They're the main characters. Uh, they live in this little village. Apart from, it's based in a fairy tale world. So, the rich, the kings, queens, etc., live in. Uh, big, vast land, and then there's a school for good and evil, which is um, separated between the Evers and Nevers. The Evers are the sons and daughters of the uh, heroes in these fairy tales, like Snow White's daughter, Cinderella's daughter, and then the Nevers are like that witch from Hansel and Gretel's daughter, and uh, Captain Hook's son, and all the villain's kids are in the
0: Nevers. I totally need to read this series. This sounds like so much fun. And uh, so For good and evil. Okay. Yeah.
1: There's this magic pen that controls everybody's story. That controls Cinderella's story. That controls the Beauty and the Beast story. They controlled... That one special pen, the magic pen, um, controlled everybody's story. So you have to be good in your classes. You, like... Pass everything you do to get out into the real world, to take over from your mom or dad in their kingdom.
0: Okay. So,
1: but some but, but the guy who's guarding the story, the schoolmaster, he's kind of evil. So he's trying to change everybody's story so that he's the ultimate hero and he gets everything because he was, he had a twin brother this all comes up in book two, like the entire um, story of how he became evil because he had a brother. So there were two brothers ruling the story and, um, and one from the good side, and one from the bad side. So it couldn't be leaned either way so everyone can get their outcome that they want in their story. So those two controlled it and then the evil one killed the good one. So now he, he took over the story and, and Sophie and Agatha are taken to the school sophie dresses in all pink she wears dresses and stuff but she gets put in the nevers so she doesn't understand why she's put in the evil side and sophie and agatha were the only girls in their village so the only two kids that age in their village and they didn't have magical parents so they were wondering why did we get put into this school and agatha got put into the good side big fight um broke out um Uh, what else (laughs) i read this thing such a long time ago but i i'm getting there tedros is one also one of the main characters you see him popping up a lot he is the son of king arthur in the books sophie has a major crush on him and she tries to get agatha who's on the good side who who's like in his school in his wing of the school to get him to like her Because there's, like, Valentine's Day flowers, the guys give the girls stuff, but the nevers can't participate.
0: This sounds like such a fun series. Uh, I love anything having to do with fairy tales. Like, Once Upon a Time, that show on TV (laughs) is, like, one of my favorite TV shows. Um, So, yeah, anything having to do with fairy tales is, like, totally my jam. Um, Okay, what... What is your favorite mystery series?
1: Uh, it's not a series, really. But, oh, yeah, let me go with the series. Scarlet and Ivy. They're kind of middle grade books, but they're the first, like, mystery series I came across or I got interested in. I can't remember the author's name right now, but it's called Scarlet and Ivy, and it's a five or six book series.
0: I love long series.
1: But the books are like 200 pages each. So they're kind of short for me. Oh, they're um Scarlet and Ivy by Sophie Cleverly. That's the author's name.
0: Okay. Scarlet and Ivy. Okay, I might have to look that one up too. <laughs> um, okay, so what is what is one book that you think everybody should read, like a standalone book, not a series.
1: A stand, I would go for. One of us is lying by Karen McManus. You've probably seen that everywhere on Instagram already, but it's it's really good. Or um, I can't remember the name of this one, but it's by Celeste Celeste Ng. Um, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. Ng, I don't really know how to say that last name, but I listened to the audiobook a long time ago, but it's still stuck in my head. So I saw the book at a secondhand shop a few days ago and I picked it up. I was like, I have to have this.
0: <laughs> I've had books like that, definitely. Um okay. The story
1: was just so interesting.
0: Okay. So we we've gotten lots of book recommendations. This is awesome. <laughs> um okay. So what what is your favorite thing about being a book blogger and what is something that you wish you didn't have to do for your book blog?
1: So, okay. Can I start with something I, I wish I didn't have to do? Yes, you can. Because <laughs> I wish I could just type stuff up in a, in a Google doc, leave it there and people go read it because it's, The WordPress scheduling and formatting will be the death of me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to drink a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't understand. I do not understand. And I know that there are bloggers out there that will relate with this. Hardcore. I will never understand why WordPress made us start using the block editor.
1: I wasn't there before the block editor, so that's the only Ooh. one I know. But it's so hard. Yeah.
0: yeah i I was there with the the regular the classic editor where you could just go in and type your stuff and format it. And yeah, it's this block editor makes me want to drink <laughs> a lot, and I don't drink, but <laughs> it yeah it makes me want to drink a lot. So what I've actually started doing is um typing up my blog posts in word yes and then just copy and pasting over to wordpress and that way i don't have to worry about where everything is going to go i just have to format it makes it so much easier Mm -hmm. um I can't believe I didn't realize that before. Where I that I could do that because that yeah, it makes me actually want to write blog posts and again. There, yeah. there for a long time, I was like, I don't, I don't want to write a blog post because I don't want to mess with the blog editor. And yes, I'm totally whining because it's <laughs> so terrible. It's so terrible. Oh. anyway. It's okay. annoying when the blocks don't go in the right
1: places and then the letters go wrong.
0: Yes, oh, I feel up. I feel you so hard on that. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Enough complaining about the block editor because I could seriously sit here for hours and complain about the block editor. Um, what is your favorite thing about being a book blogger?
1: I guess fa- my favorite thing would be when I started my blog, I got a Twitter account right away, so that's, I've been on there for less than a year now. I met some amazing people, and that's basically that's where I get most of my blog audience from. Yeah, and from emails, from Twitter and from emails, and I just got a Facebook account, so some people are joining from there too. Um, yeah, mostly the feedback that I get from people that are like you're 15 how are you writing these reviews like this (laughs) you do bad in english class how are you writing this like this it's so good and i'm like um i i don't know (laughs) i actually don't know how this is happening how it all happened i didn't expect it to be as big as it is after less than a year because i was just like oh my friends are gonna read this and then comment on it later yeah and like make jokes in the comments but i (laughs)
0: strangers are reading your book reviews. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, um, I was on Twitter years ago and, you know, and it would, it seemed to me to just be constant ads and constant promotion and, um, you know, constant links to blog posts and, you know, from people that, you know, I don't want to read your blog post. That looks boring. And, um, so when, so it took me a while to join Twitter and, you know, but Instagram just wasn't doing it for me. I wasn't really getting the audience that I wanted, um, from Instagram. And, you know, cause I'm like, I want people that are actually going to read my book reviews. And so, you know, I finally, I had been on Facebook. I had been on Instagram and I'm like, I will, fine. I will try Twitter. I'll try it. And like you, that's where I get most of my audience from now. Um, because I, you know, just went on and I started searching hashtags and, um, you know, started, you know, people started following me because I would post like a book review or something related to books. And, you know, then an author contacted me and said, Hey, can you review my book? And I'm like, wait, what? That's a thing (laughs) Do authors actually do this. Um, and, you know, just gradually grew my audience and, you know, what I call my new friends. Um, I do not call them my followers. I don't no. think for me, because I'm the kind of person that I am, calling them followers makes me feel icky. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes me feel like that's, you know, those, those numbers are the only reason why I'm on there. And it's not, um, you know, I would probably behave the same way if I had 20 followers, compared to I just now noticed this morning I have over 4000 um 4000 people who want to know what I have to say and that is bizarre to me um but I love every minute of it and you know just finding those people and finding people who actually want to read my book reviews and listen to my podcast and you know work with me on proofreading and <laughs> You know all these all these things that have grown out of my tiny little book blog <laughs> that I started. You know three years ago, has um, just been amazing. So yeah, I yeah, and
1: you can't call them your your followers either because most of them you're you're texting. They're like, oh, I really like this book review you wrote, or your book review made me buy this book. Yes, and it just gives you that feeling, and then you text them. You guys text over months and months, to become friends. You're like. We
0: know each other now. Yeah, I, I have... I've known you since I was little. I have authors that, you know, I I don't consider them followers. I consider them my friends. And, you know, and I'm like, when Esther, um, you'll know her probably on Twitter as Books Cozy. Yeah, yeah um, I know her.
1: We're yeah. good
0: friends. Um, she, she and I did, you know, she came on and did my very first podcast episode with me. And... We got to talking about how surreal it feels to be friends with authors, you know, because when, you know, especially me, I'm almost 40. So when I was a kid, we didn't have Amazon. We didn't have self-published authors. We didn't have independently published authors or not very many. It was traditional mainstream or nothing. And so, you know, we didn't get, we didn't have eBooks. We didn't have anything like that. If we wanted to read, we had to either buy books or go to the library. Yeah. And so to get on Twitter and to have authors who were these, you know, when we were kids, they were these far off unreachable entities you know to actually be able to say i'm friends with that person is surreal like you
1: see their name on the book and you're like it's weird that i know what their favorite food is or yes like their favorite color is
0: yes or the fact that they have you know four cats and three dogs and you know, and you know the names of those cats and dogs <laughs> <laughs> and you know the names of those cats and dogs yes and um you know so yeah it's it it's surreal for somebody like me who grew up with authors that were just this unreachable entity and it's incredible. And I love knowing, um, I love knowing authors and I love being friends with them. Um, funny story. I, um, I know you've probably seen um Seb Reed um SD Reed author um talking about his book Curwall Town uh, on Twitter. And I was at my local quick print and one of the girls that works behind the counter is a huge bookworm. So, I took my reading journal in one day to show her. And she's flipping through it and she comes across my entry in my reading journal for Kerwall Town. And she goes, Oh, I've heard of that book. And I was like, Are you serious? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, that is so surreal. I was like, because I actually know the author. And he is going to be thrilled that his book has made it here into my city because he is from Ireland. And so, you know, I was like, I would have thought I was probably one of maybe two people in my entire city that had heard of his book because we're friends with him on Twitter. Yeah. But to have somebody completely random know his book, you know, I was like, he is gonna be thrilled and,
1: this
0: you know, but when I got to mention that I knew the author, I had this feeling of, oh yeah, I know the author. <laughs> and, you know, so it was, it was just super cool for me, but at the same time I knew it was going to be super cool for Seb. And so when I got home, I got on Twitter real quick and I was like, hey, this person knows your book. Um. And just kind of got to celebrate with him that, um, you know, his book made it here, you know, halfway across the world. And so it was just, it was a super cool experience. Um, Okay, so we are at 30 minutes. Yes, we are. We get to talk about food. Yes. So excited. Okay, so... You mentioned earlier that you are from, is it Guyana or Guyana? Guyana. Guyana. Okay. Um, and that is in South America. Yeah. What? What is like a staple food that you guys eat there? Well, I grew up, well,
1: we didn't really, it's hard to explain because since I lived there almost all my life, but I wasn't connected with the culture that much we did that we learned about it in school but usually we just ate whatever my grandma cooked or my mom cooked so she there's this thing called cook up rice that's like beans and um, rice basically and chicken yeah all mixed up together and it's fried and that's that's what we used that was staple food because that was also we learned about it in school are like, oh, the first people that came here made that food,
0: and yeah. Okay. Well, I'll do you a recipe
1: for it later, because I think we have one in the fridge, on the fridge.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, my um, first experience with beans and rice was um, when I was 10, I got to go on a missions trip to Guatemala, and yeah. one of... Their staple foods is black beans and rice. It's sort of like that. It's and sort of like that. Yeah, and it was super yummy. I, um, was you could not before I went on that trip, you could not have gotten to me, gotten me to eat beans, if my life depended on it. <laughs> I, I'm just not a fan of beans. I think they have a weird texture. Um. So, it's just not something that I eat regularly. Um, but I went, you know, when I went to Guatemala, one of the things that they told us was, you know, we are there as guests in their country. Whatever they put in front of you, eat it. Yes. <laughs> and. Or they're
1: going to be offended.
0: They're going to be offended. And so... Um, you know, I just kind of went into it with an attitude of, okay, I will eat whatever they put in front of me. Well, when they served us black beans and rice, I was not a fan of looking at it in the bowl because <laughs> it's, cause black beans, the sauce is kind of a grayish color. Yeah. And so of course it turns the rice a funky color. I'm just, yeah, it's. It was, it looked really, really weird. It was almost like a grayish purple. Um, the, the rice was almost a grayish purple. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do something about this. So, but I tasted it and black beans have such a great flavor that like right away I was like, okay, I'm sold. These are amazing. So, you know, I will tell people now, I will eat black beans, um, but not very many others. There's not very many other beans that I will eat.
1: In cook-up, there are black beans and red beans in them. And to me, they taste the same. Okay. The
0: black beans and red beans. Okay. I, I'm going to have to take your word on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, But no, I, you know, it's... That's just... Food is just something that I feel like could bring the world together. Um, you know, because every country, if we would just meet somebody from a different country and talk about their food, we could find common ground. Yeah. And there, you know, and we would have like a lot more friendships from, <laughs> from yeah, different that's countries.
1: Like, that's like me and my friends last year, okay, so I have, Yasmin is from Tunisia. Um, my other friend Aya is from Dubai and um, Malak, who's another friend of mine, she's from Arabia. So they Oops. all bring different foods to school. I can't remember what part of Arabia she's from.
0: I'll find out later. That <laughs> but is amazing.
1: They're all from different parts. So they bring different foods to school. And we share, right? Like we're friends. We don't know anybody else. So we're like family after a year or two. And we share our food, and they're like, oh, I like this. Can you bring more of this tomorrow? And I'm like, mom, they think this tastes good. Give me extra, please. That is awesome. Yeah. That's how, like, their parents, like me, and my parents know their parents now. They're like, because we know each other's allergies, and, like, they like this food. So if I'm taking this to school, I'm going to take extra for them.
0: That is is awesome. Um, Okay, so... What what is one food that you saw or tasted when you moved to Canada that you had never heard of before but ended up liking? Um I'm going to have to say
1: falafels cuz when we first came <laughs> when we first came we were staying at a little hotel Because we hadn't gotten a place to rent yet, so we were staying there. And across the street, there was this falafel. There was this Lebanese place. So I was like, "What's that little ball thing?" And he's like, "It's a falafel. Do you want one?" I was like, "Okay." So I tasted it. I was like, "This is probably gonna taste weird." I tasted it. It tastes great. I
0: went back and I got three more.
1: (laughs) That was that was basically my dinner that night.
0: I yeah, I have never, I've never had a falafel. Um, It was always something on my bucket list to try because I, <laughs> yeah. I think the, I think the name is so fun to say. <laughs> I just really do. Um, but then I developed a gluten allergy oh, no. and so I can't eat them. So it's like, I'm not, you know, I know if I tried to make them gluten-free that they wouldn't be the same because gluten gluten okay i can talk <laughs> gluten-free flour is more dense yeah um, and i know falafels are typically fluffy
1: there's a way to make them without flour
0: though is it really
1: yeah
0: i'll send i'll send you the recipe on twitter oh you would be my best friend if i can figure out how to make falafels um and you know so that's just it's always been on my list to try um mainly because even though I have no clue what's in them, um, just the name is super fun to say. So I'm like, I just want to try a falafel. Just, you know, the name is super fun. Um, but yeah, I have no clue what's in them. So it's, yeah, I will definitely try a, um, a flower-free um, falafel and I will let you know what I think. Um, okay, so we are... 20 minutes from the end. So let's talk about what are your top three favorite book reviews that you've written for your blog? Oh,
1: that I I try, I tend to critique my own work, so I don't think any of it is that good. <laughs> But I think I put more effort into the blog tours that I do than the normal ones. But I'd say uh, the one I did for The Cousins by Karen McManus, which is her new book, came out last October, November-ish.
0: Okay.
1: And that one may be... Hmm, it's hard to choose. Okay, so The Cousins by Karen McManus. The one before that was All Your Twisted Secrets by Diana Urban. I got an interview with her so I was super excited oh, I think cool. I did I think I did great with that one and then Be Dazzled by Ryan Masala he's one of my best friends now one of my best author friends like on Instagram and Twitter and stuff so I got to review his book and did a interview with him as well so
0: I'm gonna say okay um so your top three my top three oh I really had to ask you that question Um, because I I just put myself on the spot. Um, I, I reviews. I'm going to say probably The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth. Yeah. Um, is one of my favorite reviews that I got to write. Um, I think I'm going to add The Connection by David Billingsley to that list as well. I have not mentioned his book in a while. And one of the, one of my favorite books, um, I don't, it's old enough that my review is old enough that I don't remember how I wrote my review. Um, but the book itself was super fun. Um, and that's This Eternity of Masks and Shadows. Um, that one was, that book was super fun. It was basically all the gods and goddesses from all of the different religions and mythologies around the world are real. Um, and there are, um, they're still immortal, but they live here on earth with us and people know who they are. Um, but every, I think it's every hundred years, they, they are reborn into new lives and completely forget their old ones.
1: Okay.
0: And so the main character, um, her name was, oh, can't remember her name. That's really bad. Um, the main character is the daughter of one of these goddesses. And her mom This is for the Eternity of Masks and Shadows? This, yeah, this Eternity of Masks and Shadows by Karsten okay. Knight. Okay, so her the main character's name is
1: C-A-I-R-N. I don't remember. Really Karen. To say that Karen.
0: Way. Yes, thank you, yeah. Karen. Um and because she's named after a rock. I remember that. <laughs> okay. Um, but her mom kills herself. And uh-huh. Karen and Karen can't figure out why her mom would do that. So she goes off on a, you know, basically to solve the mystery of her mom's suicide um, along with, you know, there's all this other stuff that comes along and it's, it's a super fun book. (coughs) I very much enjoyed the book. I don't remember. I'm going to have to go in and probably update the blog post and the, the book review that I wrote for it. Um, but that is definitely a book that if you like um, semi-urban fantasy, I guess would be a good way to describe it. Um, if you like that, you will like this book.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so, so definitely that one. And I think those are probably maybe not my top three because I've written, I've written reviews for a lot of books that I just really, really, really loved. Um, but those are the, those are the three that I can think of off the top of my head that I think people should check out my reviews and definitely check out the books because they were super, super good.
1: Okay.
0: Great. okay. Um, other than reading and blogging, what are some of your hobbies?
1: Uh, well, it's hard because since I started blogging, I've just been school and blogging, emails. <laughs> That's basically it. Um, reading, yeah. Um, I, I like reorganizing my bookshelf, like
0: over and over and over again.
1: <laughs> I
0: do that yeah. with my furniture. <laughs>
1: So since I got so many books now from like authors or giveaways, publisher mail, it's awesome. Um, it's, oh, I've developed the habit of every time I get a package in the mail, I have kept every single one of the packaging. Like whether it's from Amazon or Book Depository, if it comes in a big box from publishers, I've kept them all in there at the bottom of a bookshelf. <laughs>
0: So you so, collect book mail. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes. <laughs> Bookmail packages. When I get to like a okay. hundred, I'll probably throw them away. That's awesome. Just, um, I'm just keeping them because 'cause they're sentimental value. Uh,
0: yeah, I I feel that way about um, signed books. I have four in my no. Four? Three. Three in my collection right now. Uh-huh. And um they're one author is sending me one. I think she said she put it in the post today, um, okay, yeah. from Glasgow. So I'm really, really, really excited about that one. And, um, yeah, she had, she had posted a picture of her author copies and was like, who wants to read and review? And I'm like, okay, I, I really, really, really want a signed copy, but I don't know if I could, you know, review the book in time. And she was like, well, I just made it reviewed by August. And I'm like, what's it about? And so she told me what it was about. And I'm like, darn you and your stucking in of plot lines. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I think I DM'd her and I was like, crap, you sucked me in with your pretty cover and your signed copy <laughs> and your awesome plot line. And um, so we had a nice chuckle about that, but, so I'm getting, I'm about to get another signed copy for my collection. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, that was one of the things that um, Esther and I talked about um, a few months ago was how excited we get about signed copies. And she had mentioned that she saw some people that they would get a signed copy of a book, and then um, they would read it. But then they would sell their signed copy on like yeah. eBay,
1: and so I'm like, get a lot of money. It
0: depends on if if, even if it's a popular author too. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's like that that signed book was given to you. It's you know, and I'm like, so we had you know this this huge just wine fest I guess you could call it about why people would do that you know because you know my signed copies those are my treasures (laughs) you know it's like I wouldn't give those away I wouldn't sell them those are those are mine (laughs) and no you can't have my signed copy it's mine they gave it to me um so you know, that was, we did, we had a huge wine fest about people selling signed copies and just what sacrilege it was. Um, okay, so. Signed
1: copies are great. I have like 20
0: <laughs> I was about, I was actually just about to ask you, what, what signed copies do you have?
1: Um, my, well, my birthday was last month. I got Realm Breaker by Victoria Aveyard from my parents, a signed copy from Barnes & Noble. Because I was so excited to read it. And Red Queen is one of my favorite series ever. Um, so I got Realmbreaker, I have Wings of Ebony by JL. I won that in a Twitter giveaway. Nice. Um The Dark in Between by Elizabeth Ribb. I also got that one in the Twitter giveaway. Uh what else? Those are the top three I can think of. Those are the three hardcovers that I have signed. Nice. Um there's Summer in July by Paul Mosier. I have that one signed. I'm summer think, in July. Because all my books are upstairs in my room. I can't see them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> summer in July. That Yeah,
1: it's a middle grade, but my brother really enjoyed it. I remember before okay.
0: it, like, last year? I, I don't know. My, my birthday's in July, so I'm like, summer in Ju- July is summer. It's okay. <laughs> 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 kind of twist your brain just a smidge. Um, so, Okay. What we only have just a few minutes left. So yeah. what is something you wish people knew about book blogging? I
1: uh it's not specifically to book blogging, but I wish publishers' email addresses for publicity were easier to find. Like if they were like I'm planning on making a uh, publicity email directory on my blog so you can just go there you find Harper Collins publicity email if you want to request an ARC you just email that directly that and if like WordPress was easier to use because I spent three months just trying to get it to look pretty <laughs> so yeah. people would actually stay on like not be like say that it was ugly and it's like I'm just here for the words I wanted it to look pretty
0: because you always want it to look pretty. It's you know yeah my um, my blog is very simple and um, you know I I like it that way um, but I do wish I was able to add like more color to it. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I may I may try to figure that out, but I have. I have so much that I want to do for my blog and my website. Um, I keep coming up up with ideas, and I'm like, I'm not gonna have time to actually implement these
1: any time
0: in the near future. Um, So yeah, something that something I wish that people knew about book blogging is that it's not just about writing a blog post. Um, you know, you get a lot of bloggers that, you know, they're like, yeah, I had to research this blog post and um, you know, and but book bloggers, we have to read the book. We, yeah. you know, developing relationships with authors um isn't always the easiest thing in the world. Um developing relationships with publishers and um, you know, I just, I think that regular people on the street or even bloggers in other niches. Yeah. I wish they knew that being a book blogger is not the lowest on the totem pole. <laughs> that, you know, that we deserve the same respect that other niches do niches yeah
1: like it's not an easy job
0: <laughs> it's really not
1: and if you don't like the book too you can't just openly bash it. you have to find a good way of saying I didn't like it but these were the good parts that you might like if you read this book
0: yes yes absolutely um there I think there was only one book that for me felt like I was bashing it and I was even uh-huh. kind My, my opinion of the book probably came through on the book review, but I was a lot kinder than I wanted to be. (laughs) You have to be. And yeah, you know, and that was, it was not for an indie book. It was for uh, Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Uh Oh no, (laughs) that's really popular too. It was, well, it's gotten a lot of mixed reviews. It's one of those books that if you love it, you'll love it, you love it, you love it if you don't you okay. don't you don't you don't it's like yeah. it's not there's no middle ground with ninth house i loved
1: it but um look
0: that and you know i just came across several instances in the in reading the book <clears throat> that i felt like there should have been trigger warnings
1: yeah
0: um and there weren't And so, you know, and I'm like, when I got to the end of the book and realized I didn't care what happened to the characters in the next book, I was like, yeah, this, this series is not for me. Um, but at the same time, other people have loved the book and, you know, want the other books in the series and they want to continue the story and so I I had to find a nice way of saying I you hated really this book
1: <laughs> <laughs> I usually put my star rating I don't put star ratings on my blog and if I have like a really like I really didn't like this book I put it on goodreads and I don't really put it on the blog I want to keep it mostly positive if I'm like half and half of the book blog but if it's like, ew, stop! I don't want any more of this. It's on Goodreads, like a one-star review.
0: Yeah, I um, I don't, I don't use star reviews or star ratings. Um, I don't put them on my blog. I only use them when I have to on places like yeah. Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes and Noble, that kind of you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, because I feel like there's not really a standardized way of putting star reviews you know there's everybody has their own opinion on what a three-star book is versus a four-star versus a one-star versus a five-star you know every every different book blogger has their own way of using those stars
1: Yeah, yeah and
0: so I'm like I will tell you what I loved what I didn't love and I will let you make up your mind You know, because a lot of people they'll see, you know, if I wrote, you know, if I rated a book three stars but said more good things than bad about the book, people would still see that three star and they'd be like, I don't know if I want to read the book. It's only three stars.
1: Yeah, because people think five stars is like the highest, like you have to get it. It's five stars. I rarely rate five stars. It's like four stars for me. Five stars is if what happens next? I need to know. I cried, I laughed, I like stayed up till like sunrise to read yeah. this book. Now I need part 2.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and I and I have come across books like that. Um, you know, but I just don't I don't use star ratings unless I absolutely have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you know, and I'm like you, I would prefer to keep my blog just a super positive place and rave about the books that I loved so you're not having to sift through semi-negative or negative reviews, um, uh, to get to those books that I loved. You know, you're, if you're reading my blog, you're reading about those books that I yeah. adored and that I think everybody should read and that I really enjoyed and that I was up till three in the morning reading or, you know, all those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Okay. We have a couple minutes left. What, do you have any last, uh, words, any last pieces of advice, any words for authors, anything like that?
1: Uh, not really. This is my first time doing a podcast. So it's kind of hard figuring out what
0: to say. <laughs> You've like, done a don't good want job. I to be
1: like self-promotional. Like guys, go follow my Twitter.
0: <laughs> hey guys, what go, go follow book? her Twitter.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> go
0: follow the Picky Book part too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> So, okay. We are at the end. I, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me. Um, (laughs) I haven't, I haven't had a book blogger on here in a while, so it's been really exciting, um, to get to talk to another book blogger about our, our life and, um, our love of books. So, um, and the hardship that comes with the hardship that comes <laughs> with writing a book blog. Um, okay. So thank you again for visiting with me. I will tag you on Twitter as soon as I get this um, thank uploaded. You. And I will talk to you I soon. I will retweet that and share. Okay. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye.